Hello and welcome to Two Two Guys, a podcast about ballet hosted by ballet dancers. My name is Keelan, and today on the show we are bringing you part two of our interview with Osiel Guno. This guy is the most humble person you'll ever hope to meet. He's also a superstar, trained in Cuba, principal in Cuba National by 20, lead principal at Norwegian National, guested all over the world, currently a principal at Munich. Over the course of this episode, you're going to hear him talk a lot about struggle and what he's learned from these challenges. And I encourage you, pay attention to what he says, take notes if you want. This guy's got inspiration and insight coming out at all angles. So without any further ado, let's jump into part two with Osiel Guno. I've noticed some people taking, uh, maybe you took this from somebody else, but you do this ending in, uh, you did it in Bayadere in like Paraguay and you finish your variation just, it was like six pirouettes. I actually talked to you about this in Norway. I was like, dude, how do you do this? You finish your pirouette, but you finish it like facing the back with this huge back bend, this huge like layout back bend where you like make eye contact with the audience and then go to the knee. You were the first person I ever saw do that. And now I see videos, like I saw Simkin do it a couple of years ago. And I just saw a video, some Instagram reel of some kid in school doing it. I'm like, huh, they're all taking that from you, right? Or did you take that from somebody first? No, I, 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 it's funny that we're talking about turns. I <laughs> see uh, uh, so the story is, uh, is simple. I created that one back in 2006. So I was again, innovating. I was in school. You were 16, probably. Yes. So I saw who was the first person. Well, I saw a video, I think it was Rolando Sarabia in somewhere doing Le Corsair and doing a very beautiful double tour. Uh, the double tour that, you know, the one that arches in the air. The big back down. arch as he's turning. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So, and I saw Carlos doing it differently as well, and 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 Jose Carreño that goes more straight up and down. So everybody has their own their own way of, of doing it. So I was like, how can I make something out of out of this? So basically, what I started to do was just like a period and just circling with my arm and going down and circling with my arm and going down. So that was the first thing I did in the show. The first show I remember of me, Le, Le Corset, I went like this, just, just simple, very, very subtle, like mm, up and down. The audience does like, like, what was that? Like, yeah, what was more, that? Yeah. Then I started like practicing more and more until I understood the rhythm I should get into the motion of going down, like like bending from one side to the other and going down. So I I talked that one to Daniel and yeah, after you know, to many other people in Cuba because we were, you know, in the same school, we do all these kind of tricks. And yeah. So I came into a big room with full of kids and I did it for the first time, like really, really going back there, like pow, almost stopping and going down. You know, people going crazy about, about the kind of things. And yeah, and this is actually went from from there. There is I I believe there's a video uh on my profile or something that I do it on 
back in 2016, I think in Mexico, I'm just in a studio, white studio with people, just doing carrioles and yeah. combinations. And at some point, I, I tried that one. Um, for me, it's one of the hardest, actually. Oh, yeah? Well, I mean, yes, because it's... It, the back bend is huge. Yes. And you're still turning while you do it. Yeah. So it, 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 that one is, is difficult because it really, if you're not on, it drops you off. Um, some people, what they do is instead of circling, that's when you have to, you don't have to go so bad there. Sometimes you just, that's an illusion. Some people go, try to go from there, just straight back and say, you're going to kill yourself. Yeah. So the trick is absolutely different. You have to go from the opposite side of the body, like you're doing a rumber set there and then going going down so it's one of, one of those things i love i love that you invented that when you were 16 and i love that you were innovating from watching other guys and you went okay they all do it differently what can my stamp be like what can my unique thing be i love that that's the inception of that step that's really cool and then now mm-hmm. for the next hundred years good turners are going to be using that move and it came from you so that's really really cool no <laughs> Um, okay, let me check like what else. Oh, just quickly. What's the completion percentage just generally when you go into a turn? Because I, I assume you have days where it doesn't work. Like, do you ever have mm-hmm. turns that just straight up don't work? Do you have bad turning days? Do you ever have a week where you're like, I can't find my center? Or are you basically just like always on? Because we only see videos and all the videos we see are of course going to be the best of the best. But are you more human than that? Or are you actually just... No, I like literally nail it every time. Look, there are videos from me from from 2017 to the end of 18. So that whole year, uh, there are dance opens, there are other events or galas somewhere. It's like um, performances that I was dancing with a broken foot. So like all those like, uh, how do you call it? The extra bones and all the things like inside of the food. So it was very difficult for me to really feel comfortable while I was I was doing that for a long period actually. And um, sometimes when it was painful because thanks God it wasn't the food that I turned from, but it was the one that pushes. And it was the one that I, I use for my my clutch. <laughs> yeah. So and I didn't have it. It was the same for the jumps. So I have to sort of uh, innovate, like adapt my turns to turn faster and play within the musicality by turning fast. Actually, you could see a video with Joy, Joy Gatti. It's like Le Corsair, I'm shaved. Okay. And it's like a pilot trial or something like this, that you will see that I have to speed up the music to not jump as high as I could because it was not only that it was the TV and it was the food. It was like a lot of performance I did in a row that led me to injuries. Yeah. And this is a good topic to talk about. Um, and then I have to sort of adapt on myself and not knowing like what my turns are all going to be like, but just trusting uh, the musicality in there, trying to make it work. So, right. So far, that, that worked for me. So anytime I'm, I feel like I'm not quite sure about if the turns is going to work or not, I think of the musicality. Okay. Everybody at home, yeah. all the kids at home listening. 
Yeah, you will see there, there's something there that I post there like on purpose because I don't, I don't usually post so many things of myself. I sort of, I'm one of those that hates to watch themselves dancing. Oh, so really? I'm, I'm, yes, I'm on that, that lane. Okay. Uh, I compare it. But there is a video that maybe, maybe you've seen some, somewhere. It's a donkey shot from the wing. And the music is really fast. Oh, fast is something else. Like right. I'm telling you that I told the conductor, man, you need to go fast because I, I'm in pain. Right. I can't jump. I went, I don't worry. I hope you out. I hope you out. That's the one that I like the most out of all the donkey shots I've done in my life. And I felt no pain whatsoever because I was in it. Like here and here, I was sitting. I just went for it, and it was maybe I sent it to you or you. I just made, I, 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 I will look for it and send it to you, and then you will see what I'm talking about. I have to readjust myself, and this is something that that my message, my personal message to the young dancers out there is that don't you ever focus your careers on turns and jumps, because once you you reach a certain age, I naturally your body's going to start asking you for something else. And the moment you don't give them that, you're going to suffer. So being smart, like, you know, that right now is May, summer is starting, but in November, it's going to be cold. Right. And then December is going to be winter. And then February is going to get worse. So you need to already start preparing yourself so you don't get to February unprepared. Right. That's my analogy of it. That's how I see it. This, I, that's why I've been just sort of feeding myself throughout these years with that information so it can be useful in moments where I cannot uh, physically give my 100%. But to have a top performance, even if if it's like that, if I don't feel like, like I can just explode, you know, like to have layers. To have layers and you will see say so i received a message the other day uh it was very funny and i was i won't say anything now until i talk to Kilan because it's going to be very interesting there's a kid from kazakhstan he's a amazing jumper amazing jumper uh adams something Back to your adams and yeah adam Jen. yes so so i met him back in in Cannes like about three years ago or something like this. And I remember I was doing Donkey Shots and he was doing maybe Action, Talisman, and I have a good memory. And it's like I saw his mentality right away in a way that he came up to me to talk to him about why Alejandro and John are not jumping. <laughs> why Alejandro and look at this, key ones like this. He said that to me. And this week he sent a message saying p ones turns but q ones don't jump i was like oh boy and he's like don't go there because you have to be grateful that the foundation of all you jumps which has paved that road for you all these like jumps like butterfly jumps in the back we paved that one for you just ask you on a cost you know so if you talk about jumps all right you talk about jump which one do you want to do but, but that's not exactly my point my point with this is like now he's 28, 29 years old, something like this. He's like, 
for how long you think you can go for 90 degrees toward the career? Yeah. To 35? Maybe. What about really storytelling the art form? You know, what about the details of a hand? What about how you run to that corner without thinking I have to do just a manage now? How can you give art just running or walking? Those are the things I think about now with 30 years old. So for me, it's a matter of focus. So he made that comment and I just said, well, man, just continue to do your thing. I do mine and you guys are awesome. What else can I say? But I'm sure that many Cubans wouldn't be very happy if they hear you saying that. Right. I, I know him. We, we competed together at a competition uh, in 2016. So I know him. And yeah, his, his jumps are out of this world. You know, mm -hmm. the stage wasn't big mm -hmm. enough for him. He had to re-choreograph. He's like, I need bigger stage. Um, yeah. So you told this amazing story. I mean, you talked about your relationship with Alicia Alonso. Uh, she was a dancer well into her 60s, mm -hmm. beautiful, famous ballerina, also famously mostly blind for a lot of her life. And she was the director of the company for a long time. Yeah. So tell me an Alicia story. I know she had a big impact on your life. Actually, today or yesterday, it was two years already of her passing. Mm. Yeah, it would be good to talk about a little bit about her. Like for me, Alicia... For most Cuban dancers, it was like threatening to talk to her, you know, it was scary to talk to Alicia. And, you know, some people go by to National Bank of Cuba, long career. I, some of them doesn't even get to talk to her, like personally, you know. And I had the opportunity of talking to her on my second day mm. in the National Bank of Cuba already. Okay because I had to ask her for permission to go to, to Varna and China as well. So Varna, Bulgaria, one of the biggest competitions in the world. Yes, yes. But well, actually Varna, Varna happened. I'm sorry, I'm mistaken. Varna happened already because it was before I joined the company. I joined the company in October uh, 2008. Yes, that and Varna was the previous July. So I had to ask her permission to go to Beijing competition. What happened was that we were in the middle of, uh, of the festival. So we were about to jump in an international festival. And, you know, it's the moment where Carlos Acosta comes and the, the, the Carreños and you know, all the big stars around the world, they meet in Havana and it's massive, you know. Right. It's like it's like the World Cup. Yeah. Everything stops for the for the ballet festival in Havana. Okay. So obviously I was just coming from a school. I didn't have a part in the festival. So I I was I, I felt the contradiction of it because I wanted to be there, you know, I wanted to see all the stars and I see the people that I've been recording for years. You know, finally, yeah. life in front of my eyes. But I also had a responsibility of showing up for my country in Beijing. So I talked to a good friend that at the time was a principal dancer in the company, Romel Frometa. Mm -hmm. And Romel told me, I asked, man, I don't know what to do. I have to talk to her in an hour. And I don't know what to do. And he said to me, why are you doing the, in the festival? Why are you dancing the festival? I was like, well, I'm in the corporate ballet doing the, the forest of Sleeping Beauty. So, and he told me, so 
you are lifting me, you are covered in green and nobody knows that you're even there. All right? right. And now if you go to Beijing, the whole country will know that there is a Cuban fighting for a medal in Beijing. And this is very clear. I was like, thank you. Yeah. I went there, I was so well, see, I have I do this and I do, well, I hear I only have the forest to do. And we said, only? <laughs> only? It's, I don't understand that word when it comes to art. Small parts are very important and you need to understand that. I was like, yes, I truly understand that. I truly understand that. And I want to be here, but this is a compromise that I have already. It's a compromise that I have already with the school. Something's been set up already for months and I really want to fight for the medal. And in a very sarcastic, scary way, she said to me, all right, well, you are not going to participate in the festival of your country, but you're going to represent your country in China. Okay. I never believed in competition. She said that I never believed in competition. They can be very unfair. So you know what you have to do? You better bring something. When she said, you better bring something, I was like, oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. It's like now you have just the sore like this. Like, <laughs> yeah. So that was my first encounter with Alicia, with Alicia Alonso. Right after I came back from, from the competition and um, I came onto the office and she said, I haven't heard anything yet, but tell me the color of that medal. <laughs> I was like, Maestra is golden. And she was like, you're my boy. <laughs> he said, I, I knew you were going to make it. Like this is I knew you were going to make it because I, I did something in there. I felt it. I was wow. like, yeah, this is down, did it. So she was like very generous. She knew that I wasn't from Havana. So every year she invited me to her home for Christmas. And the moment I had a big injury on my leg, she she offered me her chauffeur with the her contacts at the hospital for this hyperbolic uh, chamber right and she was the one that offered that to me and for a whole month then being just treated and you know i have no words i have no words my gratitude goes beyond words when it comes to alicia you know there, there was never like a contradiction between us or you no know, i just spoke my mind and she understood where that came from uh, they came from vicious kid that I was at the very time as well, you know, growing up and wanting this role and the other role and the other role and this, that. I was also very patient as well at the moment. And she she appreciated that, that I never rushed her with anything. But, you know, for me, it was a time to move on, to move on. I have a different life, a different career. And... Uh, the realization of it came from after I did Copelia National Ballet of Cure for that, my last festival over there. And I came from a gala and we bought many things for the house that we were planning, like planning on, on rebuilding and fixing. And 
when I came by from the festival, my mom told me, I said, oh, we run out of money, we have nothing. So all we have are the things that we bought from the money from the gala. And I told my brother, okay, let's go. Let's just pick up uh, one of the things we have there. And he said, okay, what do you want to be? Well, let's just, just get the damn toilet. Let's just something mm. that we can move around. So he got the sink and I got the toilet itself. So we were just running uh, around town shouting toilets toilets toilet toilets and then one lady she's in the business just waved us and she said young man just come 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 over come over uh i have a question for you i was like i think we we're going to solve this right now this is good and she said to me were you the guy doing copelia last night i was like no oh that was the moment that i realized like you know i I don't know for how long I can keep this up. And it wasn't only that. It was like I was just working throughout the whole week. And then in the weekends, I used to go with my brother to sell perfumes and rum right. in the streets, you know, at the parties. So we can help all the families. I got the salary. And then out of that salary, we went to a rum dealer. We got the rum and we sold it like maybe $2 over obviously when everybody's partying nobody sees how how expensive we were trying to sell it, but that was the only way to survive so i was already a principal dancer in the national ball of cuba but i was just you know like with myself around trying to survive and that was just like unlike like me there were many others and um for me actually i'm telling you this from the bottom of my heart that's the beauty of it that now i look back it is not just something that I have something to say, no, it's that I have a lot to cherish. And that's where, you know, if you talk to Rolando Saravia, if you talk to Carlos, if you talk to any Cuban dancer that made an impact in the ballet world, they are very humble about it. They are very humble about it because they know where they come from. It's like, we, we all know the struggle and being at the top at some point of our career, uh, I mean, we just talk in ballet. Nobody here is Michael Jackson. Yeah. So. Yeah, we're not curing cancer. Exactly. I don't see nobody here is uh, Elon Musk or, or Bill Gates or no, 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 no. We we just like we artists. That's yeah. what we are. You know, that's why we are just expressing ourselves and this is this is what we're doing. There's no reason to be up there for no, I just see it that way, you know. That story of you doing Capelia on TV for like all of Cuba and then the next night selling a toilet and somebody recognizing you is like one of the single greatest stories I've ever heard. Like it's there's so much in that. The the highs and lows, the the extreme difference in how, you know, yeah, like you're on TV in front of your whole country and then the next day just to get food and pay bills, you got to sell something on the street. It's like, you know, those two things don't seem to line up. It's like, how does, how does that happen within a span of like 24 hours? So thank you for sharing that for those stories. My pleasure. My um, pleasure. I know you've got something you want to say about comparison. We talked earlier and you, and you talked about the futility and the mistake that we make by comparing ourselves to other people. Why don't you give us that take and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. Well, yeah, this is something that I've been 
for years, many, many years, like thinking about it, like uh, I'm wondering, I'm wondering, I'm mistakenly sometimes I even do. And I go like, no, like why? It's like comparing art is like comparing food. So I, I would love like pizza, margarita, and you would love pizza, I don't know, Diablo, whatever they call it. It's like, it's like, it's a matter of taste. Some people like chocolate, some people like vanilla, some people like other things. So it's a matter of, of, of taste. Now, basically, when we talk about quality, is we are that, that's a different talk. But comparing Daniel Sinkin with this uh, guy that we just talk about with Adam, I don't see the points of comparing artists. That is sickening for me. It's like comparing let's say Picasso with Dali, even if the, they live at the same times, it's like they can both paint the Mona Lisa in a completely different way. And for me, it's just a matter of appreciation or likening or seeing what that people have seen in Mona Lisa or seeing what Dali saw. So for me, it's appreciation. I don't like to compare myself with anybody and I don't like to be compared either because I don't see the point. I just don't, don't see the point. We all have different bodies, we all have different minds. And this is something that allowed us to be absolutely different. That's why we are in this art form or any art form. We are not competing. This is no like, uh, like boxing. You know, the last man standing is the one that wins or, yeah. or fast tracks or something. It's, it's, it's not a competition. So for me, it's very important to make that clear for, for dancers because sometimes they think, okay, look at this. This is a very simple detail. You get to a competition and you have a guy on the first part of the program doing Le Corsair or Action or Don Quixote or something like this. And all of these are just variation with three phrases. Mm-hmm. So you have a guy with donkey shot doing a massive double soil mask with an immense double cabriol and then goes again and fly with some. Yeah. Then goes to the center, dot 120 periods, and then goes to the diagonal and does a never-ending tricks until he hits the end. All right. And then you get another guy that goes with donkey shot and he goes with a beautiful and clean so they ask small dole cabriole but he plays with the musicality and turns around and moves the shoulders and goes here and then he plays with the musicality with the turns and detail and then very simple diagonal but very like how we say in Cuba clavada boom ra 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 and finish like the perfect musicality, great ending, great style, like like the hands. You will have people that will love seeing Thor doing donkey shot with that doll the carriole and yeah. and that thing. And you will see people that they would like to see the guy ice skating. Like, right, yeah. Going, yeah. Going like this. You know, that's why I said it's just a matter of taste. It's also what your body allows you to do. It's like for much that you would work in double cabriole, let's just, just put it that way because it's simple for everybody to understand. But double cabriole, like, like this, let's say you are 
Uh, six foot three. Your is not going to be as big as the guy with five foot two. Five foot two. You see what yeah. I mean? Yeah. You have a lot, a lot of gravity to to manage there. You know, yeah. you have a lot to deal with. So exactly. So it's just, it's a how you do it with your body, not what you do. You know, it's how how you manage that, how you can move, how you get things. Easier. You can do a thousand things with how you do it. So that's for me the most important message that I could put out there. It's just like, first of all, do not compare. Just look at yourself in the mirror and see how much you can do with your body. Sometimes by looking to the side, you don't realize how much you can do with yourself. You have to focus on what's going on right next to you. And you want to do exactly the same things that that person is doing. But maybe because you are not focusing yourself, you cannot just do you cannot innovate the period with that bend because maybe you were just looking at something else. Yeah, there's a saying, comparison is the thief of joy. And I've, I've, I've been on the negative end of comparisons of most of my life, at least internally. I would say most of the time when we're comparing, it's probably in a negative way. And even when it's in a positive way, I think we need to be careful that it's truly positive because to say like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm better than this person, maybe that feels like it's a confidence thing, but what it might actually be covering up is that uh, desire to compare yourself to other people is the outward expression of an insecurity inside that oh, will never be healed or a hole that will never be filled by comparing yourself to other people. Because like I said, with performing, just because you had a good show yesterday doesn't mean you have a good show today. You have to prove it again. And if we're basing how we feel about ourselves on how we are in comparison to other people, then it's never mm-hmm. going to stop. That's right. Right. And you will always feel threatened by new people and different people. And I guess we'll have to take it from somebody who is uh, one of the greats of our industry currently, if I may give you that title. Uh, oh man. I, <laughs> I don't see myself as such, but um, I, I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> well, you're letting us know with all of your experience skip the comparison stage comparing in the sense of using it as a way to innovate and push yourself is great. But I think when it starts to be like how you define yourself, how you feel about yourself as a person and an artist comparing is very dangerous. It's a slippery slope. Yeah, definitely. And also when people just do it to other people, you know, it's like I've seen posts on Instagram sometimes that I don't quite agree you know, people that they post, let's say, on a story, like 15 ballerinas, and they said, okay, who do you think is better between this one and this one? Who yeah. do you think is better between this one and this one? He said, yeah. listen, like, why don't you ask that to Floyd Mayweather? Like, whose boxer is better between this and this and this? And that's the only guy that hasn't been beaten. <laughs> but that's a sport. That is a sport. It's not an art form. Yeah. Art yeah. form doesn't deserved to be compared you know that's a crime i would say that's that's something that i don't understand it's like imagine misha barishnikov comparing himself with with nureyev no they were absolutely different and every single one of them is special in their own things it's like special in their own yeah, things that's a good point because you can compare the two of them but it would feel weird if i saw them do it and it would feel wrong if anybody were to be like Oh, Nureyev's not that good. Barishnikov was better or something like that. Because in comparing two things like that, the one that is the like loser of the comparison 
kind of gets swept away a little bit. Like there's some degree mm. of, of diminishing the value. And I think what you're saying is we're all artists. Anybody who dares to, you know, put on the ballet shoes and, and, and go for it to compare them and to diminish their importance or diminish their quality or their value, just because of some arbitrary judgment as opposed to somebody else's yeah, unkind, yeah. missing the point. I had the most, uh, one of the most gratifying experiences of my career last season when I went to Paris Opera to do a production that I was completely alien to it and the style. And personally, I believe that is one of the most challenging ever made for a man, which is like Romeo and Juliet, Ruel Nureyev. Whoever, whoever have done it would definitely agree. And they will know what I'm talking about. So basically... I struggled like so much, so much that I never thought I would go through. I knew that I was just fa- I would face many challenges in my life, but this one for me was the ultimate task. You know, when I felt shitty, when I felt, my gosh, what the hell am I doing? Like I can't even feel myself. I cannot find a seal near here. So I left that place understanding something about myself and also knowing all the things that I still have to work on and the things that will help me be a better dancer. How can I breathe better? How can I be softer here? How can I turn out more here in difficult angles? Like those things that become a little easier it's not easy, but becomes easier for somebody to have a, a Nureyev school. You see what I mean? Like, let's say you start with a solo of, I don't know, three minutes or something. It's just a craziness with all control and beats and this, you know, the Nureyev, Nureyev yeah. style, everything, everything is there. The Pas de Shah, and then the period that goes in here and the double tour that fit that starts here and Naraves and finishing the other side. I was just crazy. So I was just up for the task. And I was very, very grateful that I went there. And that's why I started this conversation and telling you that success is based on your failures or the things that you feel that you weren't good enough at. So it haunts me at night sometimes, I have to say, that it gets me. And I feel that's what wakes me up every morning. That's why it gets me up every morning and gets me into into the studio. And that's actually, you know, the challenges. And I know that next time an opportunity like that will come around, I will be ready for it even more. And I can definitely tell you that I gave my 120% in that stage. But there are things that come with time, with experience. It's like... Let's say, Kylian, if, if I ask you, okay, you have to dance this Cuban donkey shot or whatever, and then you see everybody else, a Cuban, going easy on it, wow, crazy. And then they gave you one month to go by and trying to understand their style. I know she's trying to relate so you can see yeah. how yeah. I, but this is absolutely different. For me, donkey shot is, as my director, Zelensky said, just tricks for kids but this thing man i i appreciate so much the help i got from the people and 
they were just waiting for me like this with open arms, like, okay, let's just come in. Oh my God, we're just looking forward for you to come here. So I have to come up with a plan. You know, I have to brought my Romeo. I cannot pretend that I would be a Paris opera dancer because I cannot be. Uh, you know, I've been trained absolutely different. You know, this is my my 14th year now as a professional dancer. And this is all I know. So trying to change into that style for me was so interesting and so gratifying, also so like hydrating my soul. You know, knowing that it was dry, you needed something else. You need something else to feel now to keep on chasing, you know. And right. Paris Opera gave me that, you know, that thing that I know that I can be better, you know, that I can I can strike harder than I've been striking before. So that's right. that's something that I, I appreciate it. It sounds like it provided you a very welcome, if not necessarily in the moment, but as you met the challenge it was a very welcome opportunity to have to reinvent, reevaluate, and probably dig deeper in yourself, in your personality and in your technique than you'd had to for such a long time because Definitely. so many things are kind of easy for you. So many things now are just kind of set, like you, you can do most things, but they gave mm. you something that was very outside your, your realm of, of comfort. Yes. And it sounds like if you had spent your time comparing yourself to the dancers there and the other people you would have lost yourself because you would have lost what makes you you and that wouldn't have helped anybody yeah 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 i had a friend that he came to see my show and he knows for a long time and he so he was like you know i was impressed to see you doing that choreography because i have seen you for a long time and he's a choreographer and it's like you know, we work together and we, we've been friends forever. And seeing you that choreography fighting, basically fighting for your life for the first time I saw you fighting for your life. And that was very good to see. And that was very good to watch because it came like something else came out of you from there. And I saw the struggle and I saw this, but I saw the, the artistry that you put and the desire that you put into the thing. That's actually what I, what I went there for, you know, just... I knew that that choreography is all about try to survive because you have three or four steps in one count. So you got to manage. Right. And I know that a month wasn't enough for me to, to wrap the whole thing around, but I, I have to, you know, prepare something with extra time before she's trying to, but overall that for me, there's no excuses. So for me, this is a, it's my journey and, I'm so, so grateful for it. And I don't know, at some point I found myself just taking classes with the apprentices from Paris Opera, just me and them. Like, mm. they were like four or five and all the principals, they were doing something else and whatever. But I came to that class and for me it was just, I felt like I was back in school again, the teacher correcting my shoulders and yes, and this and that. Okay, and now more, more and more here, and more that, and it was so, so good. I was like, oh wow, like, and this is exactly what I say. For many, many principal dancers, they find it hard to find themselves in that spot. I think it's a matter of ego sometimes, you know. But for me, it's all about learn. This is a never-ending process. It's like what this won't take anything from me. At the opposite, it will give me more. So yeah. Paris, I, I share it, Paris. 
definitely is. It was something that I, you know, had of like not the best I ever felt on stage because it's life. Sometimes you, you know, you get up in the ring, it's, it's to fight. You can expect anything, you know? And, but I, I openly said that it was the most amazing experience because many things came out of me that I didn't know they were there or maybe they were there for a long time without just exploding and, and yeah. Yeah, grateful, grateful for it. That's all I have to say. You have a video? No, I have nothing. Yeah, they don't have, have videos, nothing. I don't think. Yeah. I, ha I have nothing, yeah. If a video ever emerges, I'd love to see it, at least me personally. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for being here today. My pleasure. And giving your time, your honesty, your personality. You are a spectacular human being beyond being a spectacular nothing. artist. And really, thank you so much. Um, how do people find you if they want to contact you or follow you and see your many videos of amazing dancing well i'm trying to give more updates on my instagram i'm not a very instagram person i have to say but i have a website and i will keep most of the people updated about what's going on we have a few projects coming up that might be of some interest exactly okay. have to do with a lot of what we've been talking about with the evolution and the desire of taking the industry to different places so yeah, I would definitely keep everybody posted. Anybody wants to ask me a question or something, you can always send me a message to my Instagram. It's fine. Just don't don't ask him to compare any dancers. Just leave that question <laughs> out of it. He doesn't want that. Uh, but we'll link your Instagram and uh, website. We'll link everything in the episode notes so people can contact right. you and get a hold of you that way. Uh, you also All have right. a dance masterclass, which has recently been put out. So if people want to study with you from yeah. wherever they are in the world, they can sign up for that and get like personal coaching tips on how you do the amazing steps you do on stage. So we'll link to that as well. Uh, I highly recommend it. Uh, for us, if you want to get a hold of the show, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at 22guys. Email us at 22guyspod at gmail.com. As always, we'd love to hear from you. Rate, review, and subscribe. And OCL, huge thank you for coming on. You're the best. Go for man. My pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah. It was a good Sunday. Definitely. Yeah, good. Very, very, very good evening. Good, man. Uh, all the best to you and your family, and we'll talk later. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Take care. Likewise to your family. Do you have a sense of belonging anywhere? Dance. Just dance. Dance.